Well, in a way, it's all backstory because really what you do when you do a movie like this is you say, what is it about the mythology that makes people want to make it and watch it over and over and over again? And uh, uh, you try to analyze that and you keep that, of course. And by that, you do write by the fans and the original makers. But then your job really is to fill in all the blanks. One of the main reasons for me to be intrigued by remakes is you're not stuck so much with setting up the bad guy or the monster with all its uh, rule books and so on. This is established now, so you can cut straight to the chase. And even more so, people have a certain expectation and you make sure you give them what they want, but you also make sure you don't give them exactly what they expect. And now you can sort of play with that perception. That actually makes it fun. It's not like that we make these movies because we can't make something originally up on our own, but because we appreciate that there is sort of a, a culture and a expectation that we can sort of screw with. In general, what's scary for me is that somebody like Leatherface or somebody like Jason could be my neighbor. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. Hello. What's up? Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. I don't think it really, it's it not going to come, you won't hear it. The though. bit works, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> hey, before we, before we start, we talked about the movie Possession a little while back. I don't remember which episode that was, but Possession has been really hard to find on streaming. The only place we could see it, we all had to sign up for Metrograph, remember, to watch Possession. It just hit Shutter today at long last. If you haven't seen Possession, do yourself a favor. Go to Shutter, watch Possession. It's been unavailable for a long time, not easily available. This week, Possession. It's Cat's Weed Week. Yay! Is that what it is? Yep, it's uh, <laughs> it's marijuana week. Starting Sorry, cannabis uh, week with Evil Bong. The oh, Evil the Bong. No, it's evil just Evil Bong. bong. It's just, it's just evil, evil bong. bong. You guys, even know bong. what the movie's called. I think it's the evil bong. It's just evil bong. I anyway, know. what is uh, this like? Two thousand four, two thousand six, two thousand six. A uh, a directorial by um, Charles Bard, who <laughs> or band or band. <laughs> Smoke another one. He's only a legend, cat. Because uh, he produced Taurus Trap. Yeah. Tons of stuff. Yep. Lots I learned of stuff. that. It's just Evil Bong, not The Evil Bong. Okay, well, evil when bong. it's you guys this week, you can pick the name of the movie. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> we watched the wrong movie. Maybe. That'd be funny. I hope so. A group of friends buy a vintage bong from an ad in High Times Magazine, but they have no idea the possessed pipe will gradually suck them into a horrifying, surreal world full of exotic dancers and carnivorous boobies. As they fight for their lives, Eby's former owner... None other than Tommy Chong, the only one who understands the power of the bong, tries to rescue them. I would say this is a horror film because of how horribly bad oh. it was. Whoa, crazy. Wow. So funny. Um, <laughs> Self-owning. But also because there technically is an evil device that is, you know, transferring people into another, you know, realm and murdering them. So I would say there's some evil some evilness there um so everyone can suck it 
JK, I gotta mix it up every once in a while to uh, make us appreciate the actual scary, spooky films and, and be thankful that those are in our lives. The acting, interesting. Um, I obviously uh, talked about the prestigious Tommy Chong, who uh, I, I was told doesn't really star in this one, though I think he is the star of the film. I would agree. Yes. He, he I, might not be the star, but he is the he's, star. He's the star. He's the only famous person. He's the person of this movie. I watched the Elvira commentary version. Wow. Because this oh. was a part of the 13 nights of Elvira oh, Halloween right. wow. um, on Tubi, also on Tubi, along with the normal film. And I think her commentary made it a lot more fun. Also, the copious amounts of marijuana that I smoked while watching the movie made it a little easier to digest. She uh, had a fun fact. She had a count for every time that Tommy Chong said man in his short span on screen. And it was like over 40 times. And I think he was on film for maybe like 10 minutes. But that's classic Tommy. You know what I mean? But... I'd like to know how watching the film was sober because I was obviously very high. I try to be usually, unless it's like a really like intense film, uh, that I actually uh, would be scared to be high to watch. But yeah, plot solid, characters great, the bongs cool. Trent will talk more about the bong. It's a hookah. It's, it's not. A, it's not even. It's not a bong. I was offended that they had a hookah instead, but you know. Tip for tat? I'm not really sure. I can't just uh I'm just gonna pass it on over. Evil hookah is a way less attractive yeah, title. It's less, less catchy. Evil hookah. Yeah. I don't know about that. So if you want to know what it's like to watch this movie not smoking weed, that would be my expertise. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I've never really done like the stoner comedies. I don't smoke the weed. I don't do the edibles. I don't do that. Um, not passing judgment. I think you guys are well aware of that. So I I think. You know, one of the themes of this week, or at least this movie, is we're going to have expected something a little bit more from Charles Band. This is one that, like, I have skipped over on Tubi a thousand times, probably because I don't really do the weed. Um, But I honestly thought that, like, one day I'll land on this and it will be, you know, kind of funny. Like, there'll be some some funny parts. And then when you picked a cat and I was like, oh, it's Charles Band. Okay, like, we might get out of this okay. We might get out of this unscathed. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no, like, not only not on the weed, it was, like, 7 o'clock in the morning when I watched this. <laughs> like, oh, so, man. Awake, ready to start the day. Let's just start it with something lighthearted and fun like Evil Bong. Like a sativa. It's, like, you might smoke a sativa and get for ready for For somebody like Band, like, I'm trying to figure this out, like, why he made this movie. Is he a massive weed head? Is he like a giant, you know, pot purveyor? Um, real into it. And he was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to make a movie, call in some favors with some friends. Because Tommy Chong's in it. But I feel like a bunch of the other people that are making kind of cameos and in and out are like from this like behind the scenes horror world. There are some cameos. I didn't yeah. care enough. And also, one of the most frustrating things about this movie is I've, I've, I don't think I've ever watched a movie where it's actual like songs with vocals playing behind scenes the entire so you're trying to listen to dialogue but the soundtrack isn't a score it's just like a bunch of shitty songs about <laughs> weed and guys there's nine of these fucking movies oh there's i'm so nine. proud of nine. you for watching so many i know i why got through i got I through five why how many did you get through kevin technically six because at some point i realized that the ginger dead man 
comes into play, which is another like infamous terrible series. And I needed to go back and watch the Ginger Dead Man so that I could understand how we eventually get to Evil Bong versus or just why yeah. he's in the series. He makes a cameo in this one, right? In the strip club. In the strip club. Yep. And then he suddenly like appears in like a bunch of them prominently. The soundtrack was maddening. The uh, in the, like the cutscenes, like the weed smoke, um, like we're just changing music videos now. Like okay, we're just and then also like literally, I think this was shot in like one location. Like I was watching it, so most of it is in the apartment of these stoners. And the beginning of the movie, like it starts with like a shot down the hallway, and like somebody's coming to the apartment. We don't leave the apartment again until the evil bong EB. Mm-hmm. as she is known as, start sucking people in. So I think literally there's the apartment scene, the club scene, and I'll be honest, I, I didn't chuckle, but I was kind of amused like when they started getting sucked into the bong and that the strippers would put on a different bra, like one had sharks and then the sharks would come to life and like eat them. Um, I did find that mildly amusing. Um, otherwise, wow. Um, I'm hoping that Ban did this and it, like Dave, you mentioned earlier, Maybe it saved his company because he was making money off these, uh, obviously not spending any money on them. Um, clearly, I don't know if you call it a cult classic, but they have a following if they've gotten up to like nine films. Um, Somebody's paying for him. I think like the premise and the hope I had for, you know, a little bit more gore and maybe a couple laughs, just it just didn't happen. It was a wild, insincere swing for so bad that it's good. You know, I thought that someone realized what was going on uh, in maybe some of the years before this, and they were like, oh, we could cash in on this so bad it's good thing and just make this preposterous character that comes out of nowhere. There's no backstory. There's nothing. We don't need to do anything because it's supposed to be bad. I did think it was way... um, At first, I thought it was really random that you had mentioned the movie Possession to start this episode. It is, I know, but I just it just started on Shutter. Well, today, no, so. it's a, well. The only thing is, I disagreed with you saying that possession was hard to get because my uncle got possession for just having a roach. Oh, <laughs> so it actually it did tie in. Now I see where you went with that. But in 2006, one thing to remember is marijuana was illegal. Yeah. So you know, like people didn't know about bongs and hookahs. The layman, like people that were heavy smokers did but to me this was like this made a movie like dude where's my car seem like the godfather (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's so lowbrow and i'm the opposite of you cat when i smoke weed and i get super stoned and watch a movie it doesn't set the bar lower for me it makes me stare at them and i get all psychological and i'm just like oh my god i can tell they're acting (laughs) <laughs> this guy's so awkward. And I, st- I start thinking about the people that are playing the parts and not the characters. Oh, wow. And uh, I just start think- thinking too deep into it. So uh, w- when a movie is like this, uh, just so stupid. <laughs> and the, the weed transitions that happen so much. This I movie know. wasn't very long. It would be like three quarters its length if you took out these horrible... <laughs> I'm, it's not even CGI. It's just like computer no. weed effects... Uh, scrolling across the screen like some kind of marijuana screensaver. Um, I think this is the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I'm going to go as far as to say <gasps> this is 
my least favorite movie that we've ever seen on the podcast. Wow! wow. So, so only because 4? I didn't watch Leprechaun Four. <laughs> and I didn't fast forward. I was a little offended that you admitted to fast forwarding through the movie last week. I don't think it's fair for you to give an opinion on a movie that you didn't watch every frame that they set up and that's how they're laying out the story and the tone of the movie. So I did watch every second of this. I wanted to fast forward so bad. Well, well, well. Um, if I could rebuttal. Please. 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 I can't handle most things, Dave. So I sometimes I have to fast forward through them, okay? I could have watched a bad movie like this one all the way through, but when it's real and it's hard to watch... And maybe I am a little high. Sometimes maybe I need to press the five second ahead button you a said, few times. You said thirty seconds. Though. Which, That's whatever a the button. Okay, whatever the button is. I think it's ten seconds, it guys. Depends. Stop fighting. It depends on the platform. Yeah. Sometimes it's ten. It's sometimes fair. it's thirty. But you did, in Cat's defense, she did watch the end of the movie. She knew what happened. I think there were just yes. some scenes of brutality of, that I just gotta she skip skimmed. a little. I understand. Okay. I understand. But I'll, my point was that. Of all the movies we've watched, I really wanted to fast forward this one, but I didn't. I stuck it through, and then Tubi kept playing. I was doing stuff around my house, and I saw a couple of the other ones. The Ginger Dead Man versus the Bong, uh, Evil Bong, seemed to be a little bit better, or they spent a little bit more money on it. That was maybe okay. the apex. But I'll pick that one next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cal, I've got to hand it to you. Every, I mean... Every time I think you've brought in the worst movie that mm -hmm. we've seen on yeah. the podcast, yep. you find a way to top yourself. <sighs> Thank I you. think I might have to agree <laughs> with Dave. I think this might be the worst one well, yet out well, of all yeah. the terrible movies. I guess it, de it depends on how you define worst. Mm. What I, was I, I would define worst as the least. Of as the most unwatchable, the but most not in like unwatchable. a grotesque way not in a grotesque way like if my plot. best friend made this movie i would still say it sucks it was it's, <laughs> it's brutal in a bad way thank you there's not enough weed in the world <laughs> to endure this movie and i did endure it this is not a horror movie first of all not a horror movie I, it's really? a it's a direct-to-video mid-aughts stoner bro comedy and like you said dave it's the lowest of the lowest Yes, Charles Band has produced and directed a ton of movies. He was a producer on Tourist Trap. We talked about, loved that one. He was a producer on Dolls, Stuart Gordon movie. He was a producer on Puppet Master. But if you look at Charles Band's filmography as a producer and as a director, it's mostly 200 terrible movies. So when you say, like, why did Band do this? He is a dirt merchant. He does the worst shit in the world. Ooh, dirt he is merchant. a legend. Nice. For, granted, pulling it off. He, granted, he's a legend. He's a legend for doing tons of terrible shit. So to me, it's not, this is not, he was going for a cash grab. Hey, this obviously, like you said, did some DVD sales, did some DVD rentals. They made nine of them. Kevin, I'm curious as to, you panned the movie pretty hard. Why did you keep watching them? <laughs> so I had uh, the last couple weeks off from work, uh, you know, using my PTO. Um, it's use it or lose it. And like I said, gotta I got to use up, it up. Sure. I got up pretty early. Rise and shine. <laughs> yeah, but um, that doesn't explain. There's still other things the, you the can... The Tubi autoplay. Well, I'm, what I'm saying <laughs> right. is like, right. you know, trying to have some like just real, like a couple real lazy days. All right, I'm just going to, you know... You don't I'm, even want to think about what's on. You're just like... Yeah, exactly. Like, right, I, like right. not only want to turn my brain off from work or from what needs to be done around the house, like 
right. I, and this literally turned my brain off. So I was like, yeah, I now I'm just laying here. I, I'm so morbidly curious as to what could possibly come next. And like the second one, they end up in like South I can, America. I can appreciate that. I do By appreciate By the fourth that. one, the movie literally is like 50 minutes long. And less than that, if you take out like credits time, uh, they all start with the same terrible, terrible theme song. Like the first oh, song all, that plays. They all it plays start almost that. the whole song. It's like two minutes yes. of song and credits and hazy screensaver weed from um, the mo- early Most on. of our friends, like Larnell and uh, was it Bach, are the stoners in the apartment, and Brett. And then Alistair is the new nerdy roommate that they have. Larnell seems to be like the lead. It seems by like I think like four or five that even like Brett and Bach have been like, yeah, we don't have time for this Charles Band. But Alistair, the character stays, but it looks like they change him out for an actor every movie. Mm. Um, I, I don't know, Trent. To answer your question, laziness. This is almost being redeemed. This lull you speak of. This like looking at the TV like. Totally not really paying attention, but you it's like it almost seems like a series because of the weed things in between. And if this was a series with maybe like a better cast, like like workaholics, but you had some stupid graphic bong or hookah or whatever, maybe I could get down with that as a comedy. But I honestly think that it's the bros that that ruin it for me. They're so not funny. There's no there there is not I didn't I don't think I laughed. I mean one I... time, I I do totally get though. Sometimes, I get way into things that I hate. Like I'll I'll yeah, hear I'll whether it's music. A lot of times with music or even even with film, sometimes it something is so bad. It really I just I'm interested in how is why is this so bad? How is it so bad? How did it happen? Why did it happen? And I'll get more. Sometimes I get more into things that are terrible than things that I like, and I'll go down that rabbit hole, like you said, so. I listened I, to I William Hung, like, seriously for a while. Jesus, okay. I did not think this film was a comedy, because I also did not think it was funny no. at all. There was one part that I liked that I laughed at, because I've reposted the image so much on, like, my Instagram stories, and it's when the first character goes into the strip club realm, or the bong world, or whatever, and the stripper has, like, skulls on her bra, and he goes, whoa, goth boobs and i'm like nice and i always laugh at that because it's funny uh to me because i it's sort of it's sort of funny for this movie yeah Yeah. for this for this film uh like i said you know i'm just i'm here to shake things up you know what i mean i'm I'm here to cleanse your palates you You know what i mean just reached into a a bag at random i don't think you could have picked nope worse no uh, but i specifically picked this one what do you think about the jaws scene I thought that one was the only gory moment that we had, and I thought I liked that part. Anytime the boobs come into play, I think was when I was uh, I was into it. This Wait, is, another... is this one? I, I mean, I watched five, so I'm getting yes. the details. Is this the blowjob one too, though? Is that in this one? No. Yeah, it, it is. But that's when they ran out of blood. This is another one where it <laughs> seems like they had one kill. They had one bloody kill. Yeah, and then the blowjob death. There's no blood. Like they spent all their blood, I think, on the first kill. Yeah, so they then ran that out. one, which should have been the the, the money kill, if you will. Yeah, uh, that one was had almost no blood, even though she was like eating his dick. Yeah, Gaffer no. It was just like, yeah, I guess it's just a quart. They just they I say mean, just gotta get a quart. Spirit <laughs> Halloween was all out. It was probably like Halloween week. Charles and they were Band trying. should have just made pornos. 
these this is basically this is shot I mean, like a porno it is yeah i mean it's sort of porn it's porn without sex there are I've a lot of better porn hey this, this is a big boob week i i yes. would give You're it welcome i would give it that this movie has tons of boobs but I, they're all plastic. Are they? Were it's they the mid-aughts. It's the mid-aughts, bro. Honestly, I couldn't tell if they were prosthetic. No. I thought some of them maybe were prosthetic because they're all the worst, like, early mid-aughts. I think they're fake. CGI boobs. I, I, I think in, I think in like all of them, they definitely didn't have the budget for that. I think in all of the boobs that we saw this week, there's only one pair there's of natural. One natural. We all know. That's right. We we'll talk know. about that in the yeah, next segment. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's the least, the most boobs you could ever see. The the least sexiest boobs of all the, time. The Ginger Dead versus the Evil Bong. There are three characters. There the whole time they're in the movie, they're naked. Here, I'm and I'm not here to body shame anyone. Have whatever boobs you like, but I think the mid aughts. Well, it's not really body shaming if they're not real. Though. Well, that well. You would if they were real and you shamed them, that would be one thing. My boobs are not a choice. <sighs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I was born with these boobs. I deal with I how was they looking look. for. Gonna... I was looking for seams. I'm like, I think those are fake for the movie, but they're not. They're just that's what it was like. Just... That was the milieu in 2006. That's that for was a certain it. genre. And now these poor women are dealing with these boobs now. Terrible. You know, 10, 15, 20 years later. Oh, my God. And they must just be not doing great. And I just well, feel I got to deal with my tribal tattoos. You know? <laughs> I mean, I'll, be a, I'll be okay. <laughs> Bill Mosley, very underused. Uh, I forgot. Chop Top from Texas Chainsaw well, Massacre 2. I didn't even know he was I in it. I forgot he was in it. They hardly... Was yeah, but like a janitor? He was one was of the cameos. Yeah. yeah, he was like one of the people stuck in the bong world... You know, asking if like one of the other one of the new stoners that got sucked in knew a way out. But I again, mean, like, this is Charles Band. He, like I said, he's just calling in favors. Yeah. So just play the hitchhiker and come in and smoke one, and you're, you're so there. Yeah, there great. were a bunch of like uh, horror, like sort of B list cameos like that. And I don't know. Did we did we explain that the evil the bong what it does when you smoke out of it it sucks you into a, a another strip dimension club. and that dimension is a strip club <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah every time <laughs> and one of the later ones it says something like oh it goes after like whatever your uh, I don't know like it's it's the opposite of your fears it's like what you want what you think is great your desire and everyone's desire is to be at a strip, a strip club. club like it like it looks Same. like it's in some rural town this place is real small yeah. Rick's Cabaret Tinsel. right down the street. This episode sponsored by Rick's Cabaret. Wait, I so wish. is that what Mark Showplace or PTs or whatever? It's Rick's Cabaret are. now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I might have to go there after this episode just to see less tits. The sooner. <laughs> 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 The second great pick that I had this week was Marcus Nispel's Friday the 13th reboot from 2009. Against the advice of locals and police, Clay scours the eerie woods surrounding Camp Crystal Lake for his missing sister who had camped there in the previous months. But the rotting cabins of an abandoned summer camp aren't the only things that he finds. 
a soon-to-be hockey-masked killer, Jason Voorhees, lies in wait to use his machete and various other implements on Clay and the group of college students who've come to the woods to party. As far as reboots go, I think this one slaps. You've got Jason picking up where little old mama left off right off the bat, and... I don't know, I feel like you get to humanize him a little bit in this one. You get to see his little room and his little toys and the whole slew of mommy issues that he has. Uh, He even kidnaps and holds hostage a girl that apparently looks like his mom. Aw, so cute. I thought the characters were just the right amount of annoying and enjoyable. I thought the script had funny quips and not in just like a stupid way. I kind of thought it was really funny. Um... While keeping it slash happy and gory and fun. Uh, Jason is given a bunch of instruments of death, which I'm a huge fan of. He's very good at archery, apparently. Um, And the arrow to the head was one of my favorite uh, deaths of the film because I did not see that one coming. And it's the actor from Party Down. Who's really funny, so yes, I really liked I like that. Down. We've got a lot of machete kills uh, that never disappoint but honestly, one of my favorite things of this movie was the um, final girl swerve that we got. I thought that one was a nice touch. And lest we forget the whole reason the kids were camping in the first place, tying my whole week together, the big old feel the weed really uh, really gets this, this week going. And I think this one saved me from all of the hate and grumpiness that I got from the last film. So I really love this installment. I forgot how much I liked it upon until I uh, until I rewatched it, and it's got my boy Jared Padalecki from Supernatural. I'm I'm a Team Dean kind of gal, but I always love me some Sam. Um, so so there's that. This was way better than I remembered. Yes, I really enjoyed this one. I saw this in the theater when it came out, and I totally dismissed it. Didn't like it at all, but. I hadn't seen it since then. So many years later, I enjoyed this one. Um, I have, you know, there are some problems, I think, but it's a good old contemporary, good looking slasher. There are some things missing with it. And it, it's, I mean, it's pretty obvious if you know Nispel or Nispel's work. He did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake in 2003. I think that's probably the, the most well-regarded of the franchise of Texas Chainsaw Massacre after the first two. Everybody likes the one from 2003. I'm not wild about it. It looks a lot like that. It's very stylish. This guy did a lot of music videos, tons of music videos in the 90s. So it looks really good. It's very dark. It's very like low-lit, just like that Texas Chainsaw movie. He also did the 2011 Conan the Barbarian remake, which I, I haven't oh. seen. Um, and he did an interesting movie called Exeter was his last film, 2015. I like that one. It doesn't seem like he's worked since then. Um, but that, oh, you saw that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was kind of, I think it might've come out in 2015, but I think it was held up in development hell for like a long time. It looks kind of interesting. I thought. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like this. It's serviceable. We should specify too, that this is the killer cut that we saw. This is VOD right now. And I think pretty much everywhere has what's called the killer cut. This is not the theatrical version. I think that's one reason why I liked it more. I think there's, I would guess, I I didn't really look into it, but I guess there's more gore and more sex because there's quite a bit of um, pretty graphic sex in this, tons of boobs, a little bit further than your average slasher. The only thing this movie doesn't really have going for it is 
anything beyond the slashing. I'll, I'll talk about that later, but I do have a, a new favorite final girl, yes. Amanda Rigetti, final girl in this movie, is my new favorite. I really enjoyed this one. I think you could do a lot worse. If you want to see a good-looking, well-made, well-paced, oh, the opening, the way this movie opens, it gives you a long prologue. It's not, I don't even, wouldn't even call it a cold open. It's like a long prologue. So you get action right away. And then from there, boom, boom, boom. The, the movie's like two, uh, an hour and 45 minutes, but the first like 25 minutes is this opening, which is like action packed. And then you're right into it. So I thought it was paced well. It went right by. I would definitely recommend this one. Again, Kat, like if you had reached into a bag randomly, I know Trent actually recommended this when we start talking about a weed week, but I don't even yeah. think any of us realized that we were coming right up on a Friday the 13th. Yeah. Right. To me, this was a reboot of Friday the 13th Part 2 more than it was the first one because that's all his mom. It's not a reboot. Yeah. Of, no, it, it, yeah, it's it, not a reboot of the first one. It's a re- reboot of the second where right. Jason becomes the killer. Right. To avenge his mom now being killed. And I have a guilty pleasure that, that might surprise you guys. Desperate Housewives. Ooh. And I remember I like the, when you used to sh- watch that every week. Yeah, and the, <laughs> the sheriff in this that gets the good the arrow right through the oh, eye yeah. or the nail or whatever that is. Yep. is really good. I also like the axe throwing. I thought this was a great slasher. And I think the only thing that it had against it was that it was part of the Friday the 13th canon and it had this expectation. I even had an expectation because it was the guy that did the good remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, but watching it this time, it reminded me a lot of The Mutilator or like My Bloody Valentine um, or like all the dark, the two dark slashers from the 80s, like Mad Men, uh, not to be confused with Mad Men, the show, which I also love. <laughs> but Mad Men has a very similar thing uh, it, where... It's around the campfire. The first exposition is around the campfire, and they're telling the story of the folklore of this this area. Um, but I I didn't hate it for for being true to those tropes. I actually uh, appreciated that it didn't. It knew it knew to to play the blues. You know what I mean? It knew not to switch it up so much uh, and to pay homage to like what you're supposed to do in a slasher. The worst part of this movie was the CIA typewriter font for all the credits. Yeah. That's like the default font, like when I go to like type, and it's like this old typewriter font. That kind of shit bugs me. And I also didn't like the flashback footage. They always do like a grainy or desaturated look yeah. for the flash. And you got to do something, I understand. I liked that. Well, it reminded me a lot of a lot of movies in this era had that, this scene. Why does she uh, have baby oil? I don't think this scene, we're watching it right now, Kevin. I don't think... <laughs> oh. This scene, I think, is not in the theatrical. The student becomes the teacher. Um, I like Jason's movements in this. I, we were always talking about the different versions of Michael Myers you might get. In this, I this is my favorite version of Jason. Uh, I like how in the beginning he's got the head wrap, like the time crimes guy. Um, I thought that was like really scary, especially he pops up and he's really quick. And I like it that... Uh, at first, you think that he might be protecting his crops. Yeah. Which I think would have been a much more interesting take. I think this could have been a lot better. Me and Kevin were like talking about alternate things that could have happened in this movie that would have been a bit better. But uh, it is pretty traditional. And I like the switch up at the end where the girl who I, I don't know her, the actress's name, but she's cute like a bunny. Just like cute, nice girl. I thought for sure yeah. she was the final girl. 
That's what exactly. It's and they not. switch it, and they yeah. switch it, and uh, you remember back to that beginning where you don't quite have closure when those credits come in. You think it's just a stylistic thing that Jason raises yeah. his hand, and yeah. you don't see it. You think, oh, they're they're cheaping out on effects. They don't want to show that, and then later it comes back, and yep. it's a little spoilery. But I don't think this is this is about the plot. This is just yeah, good old slasher. Kat, you mentioned Jared Padalecki being in this. And Dave, you mentioned My Bloody Valentine. This is the same year that Jensen Ackles would star in the My Bloody Valentine remake, which I also think is a very worthy yeah. remake. Yep. Yes. This is like a comfort watch for me. And I think it's because, one, I love Friday the 13th, but also this is the first movie that I saw after my wife and I had our daughter. So this came out in February. We had our daughter in October. The first time that we could go see a movie I don't know how I convince my horror movie hating wife to go see this as the first thing. And we walked out in the parking lot. She shocked me. She was like, that was pretty good. Like, what? I like that. And I was yes. like, wow. All right. okay. It was the boobs. So probably. this is like kind of in like my comfort watch, you know, list for that reason. Um, like, like you said, Trent, the cold open, really bold for a movie to start with 20 plus minutes of a setup. And then to just, oh, there are the credits. Like, you don't even realize the, this opening. I love it. It's so good. You think you're you into the story. Really... You think you're into yep. the movie by the time the, cr- the, and then the title credits card roll. I up. like that trick. It's, yeah, you know, it's been cool. done plenty of times since, uh, and I'm sure before. But I really like that. Um, I thought, Kat, I'm going to disagree. Some of the characters, oh, and I'm sorry, Trent, the biggest douchebag in this movie it's is Trent. named Trent. Trent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, you knew he was going to get it. So it's like that moment. I, I know. I know. And trust me, I was the entire time I remember watching it theatrically and every time since, I, I still can't wait. You know, you're mm-hmm. still like, even if you're not in like a crowded theater cheering, you still raise your fist on the couch when he finally gets it. Yeah. Um, he's I one thought, of the ones that makes it classic because you always have that character in the slasher. Yeah, so you but have he's the annoying, so, over, guy. so over the top. We he were is. like, you know, the things that he's like barking about, um, his bro down with Jared Padalecki's character. And yeah, boobs galore. I mean, I could not. But Willa Ford? I, I did not say, know that that was Willa Ford until you picked it and I had to. I Pop did star. actually do well, I did not song? know who that is. What's her she song? Pop star. Um, I don't know any of Something about cowboys. Something about. Early aughts, she was a big pop star. Okay. I was surprised that you liked it as much, Dave, because it does have that like early to mid aughts music video style, which, I mean, this guy did what? CNC Music Factory? Ton, tons like, of a videos. A ton of, like, yeah. all for ones, I swear. Everyone, Another everyone watched just, just boobs. <laughs> they hired the girl with the boobs. CNC Music Factory, that's not the lady who sang the hook. They hired a lady with boobs. For the video. For the video. Yep. Oh, wow. Like right. a Millie right. Vanilli this, this guy situation. Just got speed dial boobs. I need boobs on this <laughs> Willa Ford's hit of the mid aughts was I Want to Be Bad. Oh. Well, she wasn't. I be she bad, was bad, 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 bad at A lot of auto tune, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well. she was good at water skiing. Have you guys ever tried water skiing? Yeah, what the it's fuck hard. is that? Expert it's water skier. Out of nowhere. <laughs> it's all core strength, <laughs> and I can't do that shit. I can't even get out. I just get dragged through. Water goes up my nose. <laughs> that had to be her, right? Because she's I don't know, full on naked. No, yeah, it's her. They have they ways of doing things double. in the movies, though, where they have a stunt person. Uh, well, it's like um, it's like the same guys that wrote this did Freddy versus Jason. Right. You think an actor? be so like uh, no way I'm water skiing that was her water skiing I think we're gonna see it in a second I don't know I do think we might be I don't know I did like this but I, I did have a, a couple problems with it one I think if you're gonna do a contemporary slasher 
you need to have something more than just the slashing. Like we talked about um, Lake Bodum a long time ago on our slasher episode. That to me is a great contemporary slasher. And like there's a twist in it. There's something more to the story than just that was one thing that was missing in this. There's nothing more That's to what's the story. Great about the first one that never happened again. Yeah, there, there's just it's just the slashing. You don't have the humor because it's just. And that's a problem with all these remakes, whether it's Friday the 13th, whether it's Nightmare on Elm Street, whether it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You don't have any of the like cheeky humor. Really? You, I mean, you have humor, definitely. But it's just it's not the same kind of humor. And the other thing is that I think that the kills and the gore and the special effects, all that stuff, it's just not the same as those early movies where those effects took so much creativity and ingenuity and passion to pull all those things off. And by 2009, it's like, yeah, they can do that. Yeah, they can do whatever they want with Machete. They can do this. They can do that. They can throw an axe. You know, It doesn't have the same resonance to me. It doesn't have the soul to it of knowing that these people are like working so hard on such a, a small budget. This is almost a $20 million budget, I think. But you don't have that feeling of these guys that are just in the dirt trying to figure out, okay, how do we make a spear go through someone's neck? Right. Oh, Tom, what are you going to do here? It's just, it seems a little too easy. The predictability, though, of it. I liked. I mean, were, were all you guys when they were on the dock at the end? Were all you guys screaming, "He's going to come up out of the dock! He's coming up! <laughs> he's going to pull her in the water!" That was great. We we're all. That we're was great. All, yeah. yeah, loved it. But I, I, there's very few movies that do that straight. Like I compared it to the blues, uh, that it's predictable. You know what's going to happen. You're yelling at the TV. It's it's been done way better, but it's been done way worse, especially in this franchise. And especially in this like video game, or uh, I keep saying video game, especially in this music video style. Yeah. Like typically, that's kind of a big turnoff, and that was a real like calling card for this, you know, this era of our horror films. And Dave, you had mentioned it's kind of like a, a reboot or a redo of um, the second Friday the Thirteenth. The scriptwriters and the directors say it's like a mashup of the first four movies. Yeah, which is interesting, and yeah. I believe in one of those which. We're watching this scene right now. The sleeping bag scene. I believe that, there's a sleeping bag scene. That's a scene. classic. Yeah, there's a classic sleeping bag scene they, in, they, I think it's seven. They call back to that in yeah. um, Jason X as well. But this one. Has its own sleeping bag scene. It's different than the it's one it's referencing. It's brutal. It's pretty great. It's really yeah, good. It's yeah. pretty great. Pre the Mandy one. Remember the Mandy one? That was a good one. Yes. I don't yes. know if I loved Fast Wolverine like Jason. That was another it. thing, and it could be. It wasn't fake though. It could just be nostalgia, but I kind of missed the plotting, the slow, oafish plotting Jason, the, the Lenny style Jason. This Jason is like <laughs> almost a Marvel character. He can be on top of the roof. He's very fast. He can. That grab was a little him, weird. You know that bummed me out a little bit. But again, that could just be like nostalgia. I thought they were trying to make him a little too much like Leatherface, where he has he has a whole palace of he has a broke down palace like a sewer since when does he, he go underground whole, yeah he has is a the whole, other question uh, a whole chalet of where he <laughs> keeps a prisoner and he has all this stuff he's definitely much more advanced intellectually than the jason that we know which is just a dumb killing machine this jason is more of a much more of a leather face type but dave talked about it the whole like weed component how in the beginning the the long open or the i don't know this is two movies basically you kind of think like, oh, he's like protecting their. I crops. thought he, I thought he was. I thought that was part of it. I thought he was kind of protecting. And then the Clay weed. Jared Padalecki's character gets pulled over by the cops, and he's looking for his sister because that is the girl that Jason took in this in, in, in this beginning. long opening. Yeah. 
um, looks like his mom. There's like an amulet involved in all of this, um, which I feel like we've seen in other movies as well. But that's that's part of the lore that happens in the earlier movies. But, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys, I know, Dave, you have, um, if you watch the Bates Motel TV show, where basically the whole town is being, like, run by weed. And, like, the cops are in on it. Everyone's in on it. So that's where I thought this was going. Hot like, fuzz. Hot fuzz. <laughs> I thought this was where it's going. And, like, the sheriff that you talk about, who is also in Hostel 2, uh, and gets it. Oh, right. Like, He's one of the torturers. Yeah. He's, like, yeah. a real eager one. Yeah. You yeah, think yeah. it first. Um, I, I, I thought it would be more interesting to kind of go that way because, to me, one of the things, and I, I realize I'm picking apart a fucking slasher movie, but how do they not know that he has this, like, whole campground it's rigged up with very lights. dumb, I know. And a whole series of underground tunnels. Because they tell um, you that they had a whole manhunt for Whitney. Bullshit. They, which they, is when I was like, they're <laughs> in on it. Like, they don't want to find him. Yeah. Yeah, That that's... Yeah, I could you, I could go for that explanation. They're just trying to keep it quiet. But that was obviously dumb that yeah. Jason has this whole section of woods and, you know, an during entire no time, side of the lake. No time during the manhunt at Camp Crystal Lake, which was pretty legendary even in this story. Nobody thought to check that area. Yeah. I mean, why also a hockey goalie? Like if you saw a person dressed up like they were in the NBA in the middle of the woods, would you be scared? Why doesn't anyone ever be like, <laughs> don't yo, this NHL goalie might be able to help <laughs> us. Hey, goalie. Excuse me. Um, I do also have a problem uh, with this movie. Uh, there's a character, a hillbilly character, a woodsman, if you will, uh, who's uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. like using a wood, wood chipper, chipper or whatever. He has found the weed, uh, the weed area, right. the weed field. He just picks that weed and just starts smoking it. Doesn't cure it at all. He just <laughs> smokes it fresh. I call bullshit on that. Excuse me. That's not how weed works, sir. That's almost as bad as calling a bong a hookah. I know. I feel attacked this week. People don't know what they're doing. What did I do to myself? Yeah, both of these movies are people reaching for the weed demographic that don't really know mm-hmm. anything about it. They're pandering to the weed demographic. And it kind of worked a little bit, but not all the way. <laughs> How did we not get a sequel here? Because yeah, Trent, you mentioned nineteen million dollar budget, yep. ninety two or ninety three million it's at the box run office. Runaway hit. I mean, I know it was critically panned, big time. Yeah, but who cares? They're all critically panned. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. When did that stop? You it was know, like Evil Bong reboot. from having nine movies. Yeah. It was the first reboot of this. I think yeah. everyone's excited to go out to the theater. Yeah. When something like that, it's like an event. Was Freddy versus Jason before this one? Yes. yes. 2003. And then they were yes. like, "Here's a new one." Yeah. So this comes along, makes a hundred million dollars on a twenty million budget, and then I th- I don't know. I think it just got held up too long because they lost their rights eventually. Uh, yeah. Eventually, Paramount lost their rights, and maybe it wasn't intentional. But and then ever since this movie. The rights to Friday the Thirteenth have been in legal hell. It just got settled recently, and it's a weird. Uh, it's it's got a weird s- settlement. Yeah, Victor Miller, who wrote the original script, and Sean Cunningham, who directed it, they've been in legal battle for years over Victor Miller. Basically, well, Sean Cunningham basically says, "I had him write the script on spec, so like I own this." Right. And Miller says, "No, fuck off." So domestically, Sean Cunningham has the rights to Jason after the first movie. Right. He doesn't have, but so, which is weird because that means he doesn't. Internationally, I think Victor Miller like has everything. You can read about it. Um, and Shelley from the third movie is on, he, he's a, like a entertainment lawyer now. And he was yes. part, I believe he was part of the case. 
and you can follow him online, and he will explain. So it's rumored that there's going to be a prequel called Crystal Lake. I think that's something? a TV series, right? Yeah, or a TV oh. series. Like, yeah, it's a yeah, show. I don't know what it was. It's a so prequel is this, show. Is this the last Friday the Thirteenth movie we've yeah. gotten? Yeah. Wow. Which which Sad. by the end of this movie, I was bummed out because I was thinking this would be a great movie to build off of and do. I would like to see a sequel to this. Where do you go? I loved how we talked about how they mash up the first four. This movie starts with a flashback, which is very traditional, but this movie films its own flashback. It reshoots the end of the first movie with the beheading of Mrs. Voorhees, and it, it reshoots it. I loved how it does that. So it gives you, okay, it gives you that, gives you the, the faux flashback, and then it basically kind of comes in there and erases everything that happens after that. And you get Jason, like you said, Dave, in the, in the wrap instead of the bag, and it shows him finding the mask, like in three, they never really show you that. So I thought, again, and it made so much money, I thought this was a good jumping off point. These type of movies that came out in this time, um, I would I would actually put like Cabin in the Woods in this category because of the Grey's Anatomy stars that are in it. And this has Supernatural stars and Desperate Housewives. But there are some movies in the mid-aughts that a lot of them were reboots and stuff, but that had the popular sitcom whatever actors and they actually did a good job i mean it's it's very comparable i think to the the mid acting of the slashers that's why oh my my bloody valentine would be the other one yeah and this one i think we need to keep in mind was platinum dunes who was just i mean they were doing the tcm remake this remake the nightmare on elm street remake which i think was the year after this that was 2010 was a fucking disaster well i want to i want to watch that again though because i didn't like it I didn't like it, but I also didn't like this, and now I think this is pretty good. So I would be interested in rewatching that. I would be interested in having a conversation with you after that because I didn't like it when I first watched it, and I hated it even more when I oh, watched really? it again. Yeah, I didn't remember if I saw this when it first came out, but it is a little bit unmemorable. So if I had seen it in two thousand six, I could have forgotten this. There's movie. not a, a lot to distinguish it other than being well made and looking good and being. It's kind of a music video, you know, as we've said. Uh, I like that Jason has a mullet. Yes, he? Mullets, mullet are in. In this one. mullets are in right now, for sure. And you get some shots of him without any mask on, which are consistent with the way he's looked in previous movies without his mask on. Not much, though. It's very, like, just glimpses, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, you get a couple glimpses. I think this is by far better than <laughs> anything after the fourth well, the final chapter, it, I think that's the fourth last. Fourth was the final chapter? Yeah, I love that one. Tommy and everything? I think yeah. this is the that's best one, the, one since then. Yeah, that's one of the best ones to, to me. Tommy Jarvis, the fifth one, I, I, it was tough to watch. And then you get into six, seven, uh, Manhattan, all of them. Obviously, we know go pretty far downhill. I might that. start backwards. And watch the really you don't bad want ones. Like you're, <laughs> talking, you you're, like you're talking about, you know, you like the really bad stuff sometimes. Jason goes to hell. I'm ready to revel in the later Nightmare on Elm Streets and the later Friday the 13th and just go backwards. Goes to hell, goes to space, goes to Manhattan. Jason goes to Manhattan. It starts on Camp Crystal Lake. They get on a boat that's going to Manhattan. But you're in From a the lake. lake. It's it's so bad. What the fuck? Wait, so what, what is it? He goes to Manhattan, then where does he go? No, he's. It he starts, goes to Manhattan, but it takes almost the whole movie to get there. Yeah, the whole movie takes place on a boat, and then it spends about 10 minutes in Manhattan. And then he goes to space. Um, in the next movie. So he's Jeff Bezos. Well, I think it, he goes to hell <laughs> after that, right? Hell first and uh, then Jeff Bezos. Yeah, there Bezos. he is. He went there first. Woo. Well, good times. 
good times. Hey, happy Friday one, the 13th, everybody. Happy Friday the 13th. Coming up. Woo. You guys celebrated good. Next week, Payback's oh. a bitch. Oh. <laughs> oh. I just finished both movies, by the way. Oh, you I watched them started early, and man. Yeah. We are in for one. Next week, Love in Japan. Mm. Two relationship romance movies from Japan. A movie called Grotesque from One 2009, three. which is on Tubi, or you can rent it uh, in a couple places, Voodoo Rental. I would recommend watching it without the ads. And a movie from 2018 is simply called Brutal. Oh my that God. is only on Tubi. May I remind Chef's you kisses. that I did not do this t- to hurt you. Well, I, I do, picked I know, it. but I did this to hurt you. <laughs> this is what we do here. This is about hurt people, hurt people. We've kind of rearranged the the order has gotten rearranged over the holidays and this and that. So now I'm I'm following you, Kat. And every time you bring in something like Evil Bong, I'm going to bring in I don't think you understand it. Movies like Evil Bong hurt us. Exactly. They I'm hurt us. Hurt exactly. you, pal. And when you hurt us, we hurt. We have. We, we hurt have that. to hurt you. <laughs> well, this is a really healthy Dude, relationship. I bet you too. This is great. Thank you guys so yeah. much. This show is really, really. We're the business. Yeah. Yeah. We're not supposed to be happy. Yeah.